All right, you know what? <laughs> okay. Wait, uh, wait, mark this in history. 92 episodes in, you accepted it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's frustrating is that it didn't used to happen. Yeah, it's fair. Like, this wasn't... This was... I have no idea when it started, but it started at some yeah. point. And it doesn't do it on the other computer. <laughs> oh, really? No, it's, 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 it's the computer. It's not, it's well, not Streamlabs. We know what we'll be doing. Yeah. You use Amiibo over there, too? No, that's a Logitech stream cam, which okay. is... That's Logitech, but Got it. everything here is Logitech. Like, Logitech, if you're if you're watching the show, we use your equipment, and we... we I'd say 90% of the time, I like it. And then every once in a while, Amiibo is like, I, I really don't feel like uh, connecting right now, so you're going to have to power cycle me. And I'm like, okay. Just the SpongeBob meme of, eh, I don't really feel like it. Precisely. Um, we, need, we That's what we need, is we need memes. We need a meme button, we're so we need, can just pull up memes. We're going to need a bigger sound. We're going to need a bigger sound. <laughs> well, we've got the other one in there. It's smaller and not as pretty, but it has 15 keys on it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, anyway... Um, <laughs> Hi guys. Hey. Uh, oh right, we also use Elgato, um, but I'm, I, I refuse to say anything good about Corsair technology. Uh, I refuse to say anything. Well, about it's because I have an Asus, and Asus has their own internal like lighting system for their keyboards and mice. Yes. And Corsair has one, and the two don't work together. Yeah. So either the Corsair one shuts off the Asus one, or the Asus one prevents the Corsair one from working. Oh, yes, it is gray shirt day at the lower level. Apparently, this was not planned. This was um, not planned at all. No, no, this is uh, this was entirely on accident. Do you want to open that window so it's a little cooler in here? Yeah, why not? Might as well. That's gonna be, there's going to be sound. Ah, oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> well, we got the noise. We can try it. Um, yeah. I'll see. But anyway, today, we're actually, we do have a topic. Um, did you, and, say, did you mean I look paler with or without facial hair? Do I look tan now? It may be just that I... I also might know what it is. Um, I've come out of the cave. And this, you're doing just fine? Yes. <laughs> ah. I think I think this might be part of it. I've also just gotten more sun recently. Yeah, I also just had the lights like way brighter. I got so burnt on my lips last week when I was out on a shoot. I forgot that you can get sunburn on your lips. Mm-hmm. They've been so chapped since Wednesday. It is horrible. Yeah, that's terrible. I don't know why you would ever go in the sun. Um, <laughs> much, much like our friends from last week's show. Which, speaking of which, if you have not seen the Vampires video yet, please go watch the Vampires video. <laughs> we know some of you have. <laughs> I don't know why it's performing horribly, but it is. And if you have friends who like vampires, send it to them. Yeah. But they might like it too. Uh, <laughs> if you have friends who like vampires and don't like garlic and get a little bit concerned about wooden steaks beyond around anybody who's not named Saul, you might want to ask a few questions. <laughs> but yeah, so today... We're gonna be kind of switching gears a little bit. I wanna I wanna do something that's more commentary tonight, um, because one thing that has come up on a lot of our videos is someone or another going, uh, "David Politis films missing for one." Oh, no, you're yeah. using his work, and and every single time it's the same thing. It's we don't use David Politis's research. If we do use David Politis's research, which we try to avoid, because frankly there have been a number of times where he was wrong, um, <laughs> we we say so. Yeah. At the same time, yes, Missing 411 is his term, but he has phrased it as it is a profile, which puts it into public use because he has now labeled a set of circumstances as a, a title for something. Um, I believe he he does it under the term Can-Am Missing Project. Missing 411 is the title. Um, is the title of the profile. So that's... I just want to get that out of the way. A quick little disclaimer there. We do absolutely have a, a firm respect for David Politis. Oh, yeah. I... Uh, he, he went out and basically noticed a pattern that 
nobody else was noticing yep. and put it together. Now, there are people who watch this show who don't like David Politis. There are people who watch the show who do like David Politis. And the fact that you guys keep returning time and time again proves to me that for the, the, the vast majority of you understand where we net out on this guy, but I do want to talk about him because there there is a word that gets thrown around a lot, particularly on Reddit when it comes to David Politis, and that is fraud. And I, while I will admit readily that there have been times like with the Stacey Aris case where he said there was a lens cap left on a rock and I didn't find a single contemporary report of that. Uh, there was the Charles McCuller case where he said that Charles was, or Chuck, the, the younger one, was found on a log with his uh, feet miss with his feet still inside the socks in his jeans. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there, I, I actually found contemporary reports from Chuck's dad that that argue with that. Um, so every once in a while, we'll come across. Uh, there's also the sock with the Garrett Bardsley case. Um, there, will, he mentions that a sock that appeared to match the ones that uh, Garrett was wearing that mm. Garrett may have been wearing that day. Yep. Uh, was found in a boulder field. Thing is, one of the hikers who was out looking for Garrett, one of the search and rescue volunteers, heard that they found a sock and then called into the sheriff's department and went, sorry guys, that's that's my sock, I think. I, mm. I changed my socks up there. So, all of these cases. Is it possible that Politis uncovered something that nobody else did? Yes. Am I having a hard time believing that? Also, yes, because I've just seen nothing from anybody else. Would you say it is fair to be said that David Politis shares something in common with a person in this week's upcoming video in which he gets certain things right and yeah. gets the ball rolling? Yes, I would agree with that. Uh, also, we've got to be careful about the video coming out on Friday and how we talk about it because a certain person is a primary source for it because of some footage he got. Um, and the thing is, is that we can no longer say that person. Yeah, I don't know. I I think we're technically allowed to say his name. I just worry if we do it too much that YouTube will be like, nope, none of that. And we also want to acknowledge that we don't agree with everything that that person <laughs> says. I, I, there's actually a section. We obviously, we haven't filmed this yet. Yeah. Uh, but there is a section in that that's not script. We don't have scripts. We have notes. But yeah. Um, there, there is a section where I, I do actually take a moment <laughs> to put a disclaimer before to, to give the entire context of who this guy is, <laughs> like where we feel, why we feel like it's reasonable to use this footage. Um, yep. So, and I also, I also debunk several things he says in the documentary in that video. Yep. But yeah, this, it's one of those cases where there is somebody who caught on to a trend or a, uh, a phenomenon that maybe they're missing some of the pieces of it maybe they're not quite there what okay <laughs> starting that conspiracy theory um, might, as well. might as well but yeah uh these are these are people who they see something and I, and i think that with a lot of people they will see a pattern and if it if it goes against their normalcy bias they'll just be like okay i'm i'm just misunderstanding this mm -hmm. like i'm just going to carry on i'm not going to pay attention to it it's probably nothing. And then there are people who go and they say, I don't think this is probably nothing. In fact, I think it's this con this conspiracy mm -hmm. and I'm going to chase it down. <laughs> and then I find that the truth happens to be somewhere in the middle most of the time. Yeah, there's normalcy bias versus confirmation bias mm -hmm. and an already pre-existing idea of what things might be. Exactly. And if you look at David Politis, before Missing 411, he was, he was on Bigfoot. He's still on Bigfoot. 
yeah. my understanding, I haven't looked too in depth into his Bigfoot stuff yet. I, I do plan on doing it, maybe doing a review um, of his, his Bigfoot 101 course. Mm-hmm. But before Missing 401, he was on Bigfoot. It seems to me like this might have started with him going, hmm, this is a weird pattern of disappearances. He says that some some rangers came to him and said, hey, we think something weird is going on here. Can you look into it? I don't know if that is a true story. I'm not going to say either way what I think. What were his credentials? Why would they go to him? Uh, he was a former police detective, and he was well known for being uh, a bit of a loose cannon. Got it. Yeah. Do we know uh, what jurisdiction he was I in? I believe he was in California. I don't okay. know particularly where. There's also some claims that there was some sort of fraud committed. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, he he spins it as they were trying to, you know, tarnish his name. Other people spin it as you can't trust him. He's, you know, guilty of fraud. Yeah. And that's why he was released from the force. Either way, he was doing Bigfoot stuff beforehand. And my, my thinking, and I would love to talk to the guy. Mm-hmm. That's what kills me is from what I've heard, he's he's not super open to talking to people mm. about this who who question him. But I would love to ask him because I'm curious, you know, did this start because you saw this pattern and when I think that might be Bigfoot or was it something entirely different? Mm-hmm. For me, I look at it and when I look at especially the missing for one hunted, it's very obvious that he's he's hinting at Bigfoot. I'm assuming because of the obviousness of it, he doesn't blatantly say it there. No, he does not say it. But um, it's just inference. But the guy he goes up into a mountain, onto a mountain with, to sit overnight listening for weird sounds out in the forest from the Sierra Camp tapes, mm-hmm. is Ron Moorhead, who's one of the like most prolific Bigfoot researchers in in history. So they they all but blatantly say it. Yeah, it's not so much in the original Missing from One, but in Missing from One, The Hunted, there is absolutely a case there that at least within a specific location in California, mm-hmm. um, it, around this Sierra Nevada, this section of Sierra Nevadas, he he's absolutely making the case there, subtly, that maybe something animal and human adjacent is is taking these these people. Mm-hmm. Now he, I don't, I wouldn't go so far as say he's saying Bigfoot is responsible for every missing form one case there is, because I don't think he's saying that. But he's, he definitely infers it in that specific documentary, and I don't have a problem with that. A lot of people have a problem with that, and they're like, oh my gosh, it's all just you know so he can sell more Bigfoot books. I think David Politis genuinely believes in Bigfoot, mm. and in my understanding, his version of Bigfoot is more similar to the version we talked about in the Bigfoot video and the Feral People video. Yeah. Like the Saskets that are described by the Coast Chalish people. Mm-hmm. Um, so you look at that. I think that, that he genuinely believes in Bigfoot. I think he's chasing this down in the most publicly reputable way he can. Because if you say Bigfoot, yeah. it immediately... And I, we've experienced this. From, uh, we get comments on those videos that are like, Bigfoot's not real, you guys are insane. And I'm like, eh, you didn't even watch the video, clearly, because you just like, didn't, yeah. didn't at all grasp what we said. Granted, it's like a 50-minute long video, but still, like, don't comment just from reading the title, dude. You, di- you didn't get to the Scooby-Doo part where we unmask it. And, exactly. And it's like, it's actually probably this. Exactly. So, you know... The the thing about conspiracy theories is they're usually rooted in, I say usually, to be clear, 
in my experience, usually rooted in some nugget of truth. And then somebody takes that nugget and makes a whole happy meal out of it. Yep. So that's not, and I know that when you say a nugget, you're it, technically it's referring to gold and I went with the chicken, but it, uh, <laughs> just, just let it go. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I want to say that much about Politis. I think he is sincere. Mm -hmm. I think he genuinely believes this stuff. And I think that confirmation bias does play a role. Because there are certain cases where stuff gets left out, and I don't know how much creative control he has over these these stories and these these documentaries that get made. But for example, uh, one of the times where I really like was caught off guard by something he left out was when we revisited the Aaron Hedges video, mm. the Aaron Hedges case. Because when we first did it back in 2022, um, last year, it was, we used as our, our, I used as my primary reference was, was David Politis and, and Mr. Baldwin. The way that those, that he, that Baldwin told the story and Politis's evidence, that was what I used for the most part. And then also some stuff on like weather details that I myself researched. Around June, I'd say, of last year, our strategy for these videos changed up. And I stopped using David Politis. I stopped going to his videos. I started taking names he reported on and then doing all of the research myself uh which is why we contemplated renaming the series to into thin air but that got no traction in the algorithm nope. so if we ever release a do documentary on this on tv it will be called into thin air almost certainly yeah but on youtube where we got to play with the algorithm we can't do that um <laughs> which sucks but the, in in that uh in that case he left out a couple of pretty significant details and i'm struggling off the top of my head to remember what they were <laughs> but uh oh the the big one was that uh he was detoxing from alcoholism mm -hmm. he, he was on benzodiazepines and going through alcohol withdrawal and they had alcohol on the trip and according to the police reports it seems that aaron was drinking was he on benzodiazepines or was he withdrawing from uh he had them with him okay uh, it was a one-week course. They started him with a higher dose and tapered him down. Got it. So, which from what to what? I don't know. Because I will say I don't know how I can't remember how much we. It also in the video, wasn't but... a, like one of the typical benzodiazepines. Like it wasn't like Ativan, Valium, or Xanax. I got it, but benzodiazepine withdrawal or even just tapering, especially in a short time span. Oh, I know. Oof. I know. I know you know. <laughs> But you also know, like, higher doses than that and trying to taper, especially yeah. if you've been on them for a long time, they can really mess you up. Yeah, so so here's what I will say. A lot of people were like, oh, the fact that he was on benzodiazepines is probably what made him irritable and angry and all of that. I would take the, the opposite tack, which was that he probably wasn't taking the benzos. Yeah. Because when I was on Adidan, um, and I was prescribed it, I was on it for a year, I got to a point where, oh, actually, it was two years. Um, I got to a point where... I, if I stopped taking it, I would have, like, catastrophic panic attacks. Mm -hmm. Like, to, to the point where I was not functional. Yep. Um, and even if I just tapered off, I would start to get really, you know, shaky and panicky. And, and, and you it, were only on it for how, how long? I was on it for about two years. By the time I got off of it, I was taking 10 milligrams. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was not good. It was not a good time. Because I know people who were on it for like 20 years yeah. on a, a daily prescription. Like, not yeah. as needed daily, mm -hmm. 
that's what I had. Not, but not as high, but for 20 years. Yeah, I was on, I was prescribed two milligrams. Um, and I got to a point where I was finding that if I stopped taking it daily, I got really bad. Yeah. But my panic attacks didn't stop from just the two milligram dose I was prescribed. For those, so I would make, with... I would literally set aside half of my Ativan at the yeah. beginning of each month. For those not familiar with what he was experiencing, that's called interdose withdrawal. And on benzodiazepines, your body develops a dependency to them. Similar to how you're dependent on water to live and air to live, your brain then starts to develop a dependency on yep. the chemicals within those pills. So you don't get any positive from it at that point. It's just that if you stop taking them, you could suffer interdose withdrawal. Or in extreme scenarios, you can actually have a stroke and no longer be among the living. Exactly. So I think he was going through interdose withdrawal. Yeah. I think that's what was happening. Yeah. Um, also, that's why that's I was on clonopin for like a two month period there, mm -hmm. where they got me off Ativan and onto clonopin because the Ativan wasn't cutting it. Yep. Uh, and I that's why I got off clonopin is because I started reading up the side effects and I was like, oh, this is this could kill me. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very easily. Yeah. So I stopped doing that. Uh, and I was able to. I was eventually able to actually fully get off. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm now no longer taking any of those medications, and I haven't been since uh, late 2021, since Halloween 2021. Is I think the last time. Um. But the reason I bring that up and the reason I, I go through that and kind of share my own experience is because that absolutely would have impacted Aaron's decision making and his thinking. And it didn't occur to me until after we filmed the video a couple weeks later, I was kind of thinking about it. And I was like, you know, it probably wasn't the alcohol or him being on them. It was probably him being off of them that, mm -hmm. that did him in uh, because, you know, it, I won't go into any of the specific details of my experiences with it, but it, it's it's bad. So that little detail right there can explain all of his behavior, including why he ended up walking off. I have to I have to say I kind of have to agree with Missing Enigma on this one that I don't think that this is mysterious at all. I think it's a case of he had terrible friends. Like, it, he just had bad friends who made bad decisions and it got him killed. Um, you know, with Garrett Bardsley and Stacey Aris, it's not as egregious of a detail that was either left in or added or left out as it is with Aaron Hedges, but it got to the point where I was like, all right, this is something that should have been left in, and I know Politis knew that because I spoke to the sheriff's department, and I know that it was filmed, that he was in fact told that, and it was left out. Now I don't know if he left it out or if another, if a director left it out or what. Sure, yeah. So I, I'm hesitant to come down specifically on David Politis for that. That said, I do think it's important to mention those things. Because when people, and it happened with me too, when I was first starting out with these this content, where people would say, you know, oh, Polite leave stuff out, he adds stuff in, and you know, or or basically like, oh, these cases are super explainable by this, this, or this. And I'm like, no, they're not. He already, he's accounted for all of that stuff. That's why these cases matter. Mm -hmm. But upon further review, I was finding that, all right, maybe he's, maybe there's some confirmation bias at work here. Yep. So that's why I'm, I'm being so specific about that term fraud. Do I think that he is portraying these cases to the greatest degree of accuracy possible with the resources available? No. Do I think he's doing that on purpose? Also no. Because it's, first of all, it's it's really hard to make your life's work about something and then start to realize that maybe, maybe you might have had something wrong, yeah. um, which could easily be the case here. But, and you see this oddly enough, it's the same issue I've run into with uh, academia is the second that somebody's somebody's you know work is challenged they they close up 
I, you know, it, uh, it happened with, in terms of other creators, it happened with Dan McClellan. Um, it happened with uh, Archaea Wolf and a couple of other people who, you know, eventually came after me for what I was saying. Um, in relation to what topic specifically? With uh, McClellan, it was about um, ancient Judaism being polytheistic. It's not. It fundamentally isn't. How? What were the bases of the claims that it was? Yeah, oh, God. All uh, another time. The, the the simple the the simple version is he said that because ancient Israelites did worship multiple gods, that meant Judaism was originally polytheistic, and that's absolutely not the case. It just sounds like more that not everybody had converted at the same. time. It wasn't even that. It was that the local religion, the local people, spoke an extraordinarily similar language and had the Jewish God or a version of him within their own pantheon. Hmm. But the Jews never worshipped those. Judaism is extremely specific. There is one God. It has always been that specific. Mm -hmm. um, he was saying that the fact that, you know, Yahweh is earliest attested in, um, I think he said it was like Canaanite mythology from 800 BC. Well, no, now we've got Yahweh attested in Hebrew from 1200 BC. That was just recently peer-reviewed and published. We talked about that last year. It was that little lead tablet that was found. Right. The, um, uh... the other, the other one was Archaea Wolf, who was mad at me because I was talking about the Younger Dryas and Meltwater Pulse One B, and I got my numbers a little bit wrong. But then when I went and revisited that, so we could have the discussion with Milo, I had the numbers right. Why was that? It was because Milo's a younger guy who only has a bachelor's degree and doesn't have a whole body of work that he could be embarrassed about if it was wrong. Mm. He's got some curiosity. He's got some interest in these kinds of things so we could have an open discussion. It's really difficult to have those with people who have already made their life's work. Once you're past 40, it seems like you really clam up about these things. Mm. And, you know, I understand why, but I think it's it's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I think it's disappointing. The incentive switch from finding, you know, exploration within history and, and general knowledge of human history and, and experience to self-preservation of your... So I'm talking about master of technology. God never had a wife in Judaism. Not once, never is it mentioned, never is it referenced. It is not in the scripture. It is not in the archaeology of specifically Jewish things. I actually watched a Michael Heiser video on this right before this podcast. Really? Yes, he, he, he netted out very perfectly. He was like, there was Orthodox Judaism and there was popular religion. Hmm. For example, look at Christianity today in the United States. Mm -hmm. Tons of Christians. How many of them actually fit the description of Christian? Not a lot. In, in what definition are we referring to? In that they actually make an effort in their daily life to follow Christian scripture. Very little. Exactly. How many Christians do you know who are okay with certain things that are scripturally totally taboo? Such as? Homosexuality. You're looking at more me, I'm more. okay with homosexuality. Yeah, more and more, yeah. Does that make me... Does that mean that the Bible says it's okay? No, it's not. So, what you find is that popular religion, mm -hmm. you'll have people who generally follow a religion, but branch off from it in certain ways. Mm -hmm. Today, we see that mostly with social progressive causes. We see that with uh, homosexuality. We see that with um, economics, things like that. We also see it with something as, as little as eating certain foods that are said no-no no in the Bible. Exactly. Like, nowadays, well, actually, in the, in the New Testament, you, you get a pass on that. Uh, <laughs> there, there, there is, there, that, that's, that's what I mean, though. There is scripture for it being okay to eat pork and shellfish. Hmm. Um, there is scripture for it to be okay to eat without washing your hands, like in a holy oil. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, like there's... There's a lot of stuff here. Um, 
so that that's what you know what the issue is is that at no point did judaism actually have a tenet that god had a wife but there were jews who believed we were jews israelites people who were ethnically of of the tribes of jacob who did believe god had a wife hmm. but that doesn't mean judaism believed that got it uh so that's that's, the, that that's that... the dan clellan thing i was gonna say is that where the whole god has wife thing started all the way back then or is there a new more contemporary sources that are trying to make that uh, there, there are sources from back then but they're canaanite they're not got israelite got so that's what's important um and there, i'm sure there are israelite people who wrote about god having a wife but that doesn't mean they were prophets and priests yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah um so when you look at stuff like that in the the actual academic sphere and the way that people really don't like to be challenged mm -hmm. first of all you see part of that with the people who call david play as a fraud they're they're looking at it like no i i'm an experienced search and rescue worker i know this guy's full of it because they don't want to believe that maybe they've been doing something wrong and then you look at the same thing in academia where you come across or, or you could look at the same thing with david politis i i am sure that if he watched our channel he would probably not be happy with us which would it, it would be a shame considering i would like to think and i think this is an accurate assumption and assessment of what we do that all we're simply doing is taking his work and moving it a step further. You know, we're, we're elevating the research that he's done by taking the topics that he's gone into, redoing the research, fact-checking everything he's done, and going as deep as we can, often deeper, mm -hmm. to make sure that the truth lines up, and if it doesn't, showing where it doesn't. Exactly. Which I wish, I, I wish that across industries, across fields of study, that's how it was. We're essentially peer reviewing. Exactly. I wish it was, you know, in, instead of I'm angry at you for doing this, I wish it was, okay, I see where you're coming from. Here's here's where I'd counter. Yeah. Which is the conversation we have with Milo. <laughs> so that's what drives me nuts. But this is this is my point too, is is looking up through this. Uh Lilith, also not biblical, not Jewish. Doesn't show up until at the earliest the eighth century AD in the alphabet of Ben Sarah. Ben Sarah isn't even the guy who wrote it. Um it was written anonymously and it's from a satire piece. The god Lilith uh, is actually a, or the, the goddess Lilith is actually a Babylonian, uh, like, demon who is never mentioned in Jewish scripture at all. Did Isaiah ever do a Christianity iceberg? I don't know. Because if he hasn't, we should consider doing <laughs> should that for Weird Bible. For weird Bible. Um, no, Lilith is not in the Old Testament. There is a mention of uh, Liliths in the East, uh, and it is referring specifically uh to a type of animal if you if you look at what's in there it's talking about animals hmm. uh it's been identified with owls again why is it always the owls i was gonna say I'm it's gonna... always the owls These guys weird correlations with owls um but i'm not saying anyone over 40 i'm saying that it seems that within academia specifically when you get over 40 you develop a sort of shell that doesn't allow you to be exposed to new ideas yeah um this <laughs> <laughs> oh it's i'm talking about my own experiences here man yeah. um like when i i have so much easier of a time having open discussions with people who are under the age of 40 i don't know what it is i don't know if it's that you know to them i look like some you know young whippersnapper who doesn't know what he's talking about or what but i'm sure that's playing a part for some people yeah um and especially within academia mm. that is that is what i've noticed is people get set in their ways at a certain age i think it's also some people have this mentality of you haven't earned your right to be part of the discussion yet yeah which is just frustrating and stupid. yeah um but yeah L lilith is not 
Lilith as Adam's first wife or a demon, not in the Bible. The word Lilith in the Bible. Um, <laughs> as a plural in relation to animals. Yeah. Specifically owls. Yep. At, they, it's thought it's specifically owls. Got it. Uh, nobody's really sure what it means. <laughs> That's the thing. Is it's, I think it's from Isaiah. Um, it's either, God, I think it's Isaiah. I wonder how many things in the Bible you could say that specific phrase from. Yeah, nobody's really sure what it means. Oh, so many of them. <laughs> That's why we have a podcast about it. Yes. Um, speaking of which, go check out the Weird Bible podcast um, if you're interested. Um, uh, we go in, we over all of this at length. Um, but yeah, so to to get back to the politest subject, uh, I, I wanted to talk about specifically um, the the paranormal aspect of this. Because that is another thing that, first of all, everybody thinks paranormal means, um, you know, spooky, like ghosts mm -hmm. and demons and stuff. And that's not necessarily what it means. Uh, paranormal just means stuff that is not explained by known science. That's all the word means. So you could argue that Bigfoot, not explained by known science, therefore Bigfoot paranormal. Um, and I think that this is where a lot of people get hung up is the idea that David Politis seems to be advocating for a paranormal explanation <clears throat> for what most people believe is a totally normal problem. I don't necessarily think that that's the case. Um, I don't think he's arguing for a supernatural explanation. I don't think he's arguing that there are, you know, people just disappearing because a, a ghost took them or some monster took them. Uh, I think he thinks that there's a, a a certain type of creature out there that is taking people. When you look at cases, however, like Chris Tompkins, that was Ellerslie, Georgia. It's not that far outside of Columbus, Georgia. It's rural, but it's not that rural. They were between two highways. Um, and he disappeared basically in in a manner that had he been taken by something probably would have been louder. Um, and nobody actually seemed to see him go missing. And there's a weird gap between when he went missing and the police were informed. Yeah. Like, or, or even the family. And yeah, and here's the thing. 30 minutes? So you, you notice that your buddy who's supposed to be here is not there mm -hmm. and you spend 30 minutes looking for him? Sure. Three hours is a long time to not call the cops. Yeah. I will say this. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation would not share any details of the case with me. And they did call me to apologize for that. Oh, really? Yeah, they did call me. They were like, I'm sorry. We can't share any details of this case with you. It's still considered open. Um, but uh, the his mother has been open to speaking to mm. people on occasion. We can let her know that you're looking into it. And so they did, but she never got back to me. Got it. Um, which is fine. I understand that. Her son disappeared 21 years ago, and she probably doesn't want to think about it all the time. Yeah, no, understandably so. So I'm, I'm not going to, you know, pressure some some old lady from Georgia about, you know, the horrific disappearance of her son. Yeah. But it seems very unlikely to me, looking at that case, that something supernatural is the only explanation. Mm -hmm. And that's where I've started to, to get kind of off with politis. But there are cases that I look at where... I definitely don't understand the decision-making of, of certain people involved, like with Jim McGrogan. Mm. How does a guy end up four and a half miles east of where he's supposed to be when he's also got a GPS? Because at a certain point, he should have noticed that he was not on trail. Yeah. Also, how do you do that without leaving any tracks going off the trail? I know he had the, the split skis. 
but they found nothing. Also, it was, I would assume, powder out there, because it's it's out west, number one. Yeah, it's Vale. It's Vale. Uh, they don't use blowers generally, mm-hmm. because it is all natural snow. Uh, I don't know how what the weather conditions were leading up to it. It was very cold. You're skiing through powder? You're going to leave some deep tracks. Yeah, I don't... Uh, yeah, he. That, that's that's what I mean. It's like, he definitely... He wouldn't have been sinking two feet into the snow. But he would have left something behind. Oh, it, when you're in powder? I don't know if it was powder. That's the thing. It's, no, but that's the thing. That out there, it's generally... If it's really cold... Is, it's there, cold. is there a specific altitude at which... No, it's more of a temperature. Gotcha. So, powder is really below, like, 26 degrees. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. I believe it was some 18 degrees the night before yeah so i don't remember the I, I don't remember seeing the last time it snowed there what the temperature was yeah um, but it, the point being is that it's not especially off trail the snow is not packed down at all other than just the natural weight of it existing yeah so that's generally powder gotcha so when you're skiing through that and it's uncompacted skis specifically you're going to go down at least a foot to two feet gotcha. within it. Like snowboarding, I, I've done the snowboarding out there myself because I, I haven't learned to ski yet. I just snowboard. And yeah, my tracks were like a foot and a half deep in the in the snow. And my buddy was on skis and it was similar. Um, so yeah, there should have been plenty of tracks with him, especially yeah. off where nobody else and, had been going. And like on the one hand, look, it, it did end up snowing a couple days later. Um, mm-hmm. And there was light snow throughout the day from what was said. Yeah. But they were finding tracks yeah. from other people who went off trail all day. Yep, and they were following them, and they just kept being dead ends. Yeah, which in- they they should have seen where he went off the trail, and they had helicopters. Jim McGrogan getting off trail. If he had died within a mile of the trail, I'd have been like, okay, yeah, he just got lost. He went four four point five miles to the east, up and down ridges that were going up and down a thousand to two thousand feet, mm-hmm. and I think there were at least three of them. That he had to get over. He had to cross a creek that was not supposed to be there. Yep. There were multiple points at which the landmarks would have told him he was in the wrong place. Including the fact that the lights of Vale are actually visible from down below. Mm-hmm. It seems pretty impossible that he would have made that trek. Given the terrain. If he left his friends at 10.30 in the morning. As, as is reported. It, is, it seems pretty impossible that he would have managed to get to where he was yeah. before it got dark enough to see the lights. Like, the only reason that he would have gotten there is if he specifically didn't look at his GPS out of, I guess, pride. Also, at no point should he ha- should he have been going downhill. Yeah. I think that was me. Not that's you. That's me. But yeah, at no point should he have been going downhill. I looked at the trail map. <laughs> um, there was not an opportunity for that. Go ahead if you need to. No, it's all good. I'm going to message you. Yeah. Um, so that's one of those ones that I'm like, this, this does not have a good explanation. Garrett Bardsley is another one. The reports suggest he was carrying his fishing pole with him. Hmm. Never found. He also, the last time anybody saw him, his dad saw him go past the turnoff, Mm -hmm. yelled out for him and said, you're Garrett back there. Like, I don't remember the exact, I don't think the exact words were in there, but by the time he was at the turnoff, when he turned, Camp should have been in sight. Yeah. Like, he should have been able to see the camp. It was 75 yards away. Through the trees. But you and I were up in uh, in New York, mm-hmm. Grant Lake. And I was talking to you like I was, like we were at this this level. Yep. And, you, were and about... you could hear me 100 yards into the forest. Yep. And that was next to an active road. Yeah. 
<laughs> and you were uphill. Mm -hmm. And it was, yeah, we were having a conversation at this volume. Yeah. And I could hear you clearly. Exactly. So I love that video. Like there somebody somebody commented on it suggesting that I I was just lowering my voice and not actually running back further into the forest. And I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> why would I do that? That yeah. makes no sense at all. No. None at all. But yeah, so there's, you know, the Garrett Bardsley case really makes no sense to me because none of his belongings were ever found. And it seems extremely unlikely that he was kidnapped. Remind me if anybody in camp saw him. Nobody saw him get back to camp. Which is so weird in that you just said he would have visibly been able to see camp. He should have at least been able to hear if not see. Yeah. It should have been visible, but trees, obviously. But that was the other thing is I pulled up, first of all, I pulled up the maps, and it's very difficult to ascertain exactly which of these lakes he was at, because mm -hmm. there's like seven of them in a ring. Yeah. Um, I think I got the right one, but I'll tell you right now, I spent like two and a half hours trying to figure out which of these places it was. Um, I even ordered a book. Oh, really? Of maps huh. of the Uintah Mountains, so I could huh. see if I could find it. Um, and with him, that that one, the, the entire city of provo utah came out to look for him and nobody found him um you know say what you will about mormons but when it comes to like community mormons are some pretty intense people <laughs> like if pos if it was possible to find him i'm pretty sure he would have been found hmm. um you know the question is did he did he crawl under something to get out of the rain and disappear was it somewhere that nobody could have seen but the fact of the matter is at no point should he have gotten lost? There was a moment where uh, I read the scoutmaster from that case had said that he had um, kind of like done a little lesson with the boys at camp one year where somebody shouted, somebody came running into camp saying they had seen a bear. Mm. And so he gathered up all the boys to go look at the bear. Mm. And just barely as they're leaving the camp, he shouted, oh my God, look, the bear. And everybody scattered. There was no bear. Yeah. Uh, he he was just proving a point. Yeah. So it's possible that Garrett got spooked by something and ran off, but would he run away from camp? Well, it would have had to be in between him and camp, and you'd think he would have screamed. Yeah, it would have been weird. I mean, the only thing is that, and this is a, a very unlikely scenario, considering the minimal amount of distance that we, he would have had to go to camp, but the fact that he immediately went the wrong way indicates that he wasn't great with direction, However, if once his father pointed him down that trail and the only thing left on that trail was camp, was camp, mm -hmm. how bad with direction do you have to be? Pretty bad. <laughs> and he, yes, he was a child. He was but, 12, though. Yeah. Like, I, think about what we were doing at 12. I don't know about you because we didn't know each other yet, but I was running around in the dark playing manhunt with my friends. Yeah. And I, I was, was going on solo trips into the city. Like, yeah. And I, I was going on solo hiking trips after school, like into the nature preserve. Out exactly. There, like climbing cliff faces. Yeah. Like we, uh, a lot of people who, who pointed out on various sites and things that, you know, oh, well, he was only 12. I'm like, I think you guys are forgetting how capable precisely how capable we were at 12 years old. Like, yeah. you're not an adult, but you're also certainly not. You know, stupid. No. So the the Garrett Bardsley case has me stumped. The Jim McGrogan case has me stumped. I'll admit the Chris Tompkins case has me stumped too. But yeah. I read something that some one of the workers was later arrested for murdering somebody else. So oh, um, I, I wasn't able to confirm that though. Well, the weirdest thing about that was the fact that he the manager the boots. no not, not oh. the boots is that boots were weird. Too. The 
I don't know if it was his title was technically the manager or if he mm -hmm. was the supervisor or whatever, called his wife mm -hmm. and told her that the uh, yeah. Chris Tompkins was missing. Didn't but, call Chris's mom. Yeah. Although, did we did say that Chris's mom worked for them, right? Yep. Do we think that he may have thought that she was working at mm, the time? No, his he, wife called his, told her? He, he, he called his wife. Yeah, but do you think he may have assumed that his wife was going to tell them the mother? I feel like if he had, I feel like he would have asked his wife to do that. Not just said, hey, Chris is missing. So that would be weird. Fair. That would be weird behavior. People Fair. don't do that. Normally. Normally. Um, and then, uh, but then there's the other ones that, that kind of bug me. Like, uh, God, it was on the tip of my tongue. I just had it. Uh, Bobby Bison. Mm. I will give Politis credit on this one mm -hmm. for the fact that he talked about it before 2019, if I remember correctly, which is the year that they uncovered all of the clerical abuse and started looking into, you know, some of these, these cases of people who went missing or something like, like Bobby was the Bobby's case was not revisited because somebody went you know, oh, this dis this disappearance is weird. Oh, also, it's, no, it was clerical abuse. Kid went missing at a church camp. Yep. What was hmm. the camp again? Do you remember? Uh Saint Malo, Camp Saint Malo. So, I'm I, I won't come down on politis for that one because I don't think he could have known. Yeah. Like now, could could you feasibly, like there there, had he gone and interviewed everybody? he probably could have figured it out. Um, but that said, there were, there weren't really any news reports that covered that aspect of things from before 2019. Looking at it, when he discussed it, I'm pretty sure people were starting to figure out this whole Catholic priest thing. Yeah. Um, which by the way, I, you know, obviously horrible, but is also present in the Protestant sect of sects of things as well as worse in public schools. So I, I do, I will defend the Catholics on this one occasion. They are not any worse than any other organization. Now, see, that's something that is an angle that I feel is extremely unexplored because I hear nothing about the whole public school. Oh yeah, it's bad. That. It's bad. Yeah. Um, the, the numbers were insane. Also, I, I personally know several people really in my, in my personal life who in some form or another were abused by school faculty. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, I'm not, I'm absolutely not defending child abuse here to be very clear. I'm just saying we I will defend very the, against it. Yeah. I will defend the Catholic. I will not defend the Catholic church from the accusations. I will defend them from being singled out for the, for the accusations mm. because I think singling them out is a disservice to everybody who is a victim of this stuff Yeah, because it forces you to focus on the Catholic church and not schools, not sports teams, not Protestant, not Jewish, not Islamic, not Hindu. Like, this this is a problem. Yeah. And it needs to be looked at as a problem, not a Catholic problem. Yeah. Um, so I I wanna I wanna make that one clear. I don't I think Politis maybe could have maybe could have asked more questions in that case. I won't call that one a case of him leaving out information because mm -hmm. I don't think he knew. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm netting out with him overall, is I don't think David Politis intentionally lies to people. I think he gets information and sometimes he doesn't properly vet it. And I think sometimes he uh, is a little too willing to uh, follow his own confirmation bias. I'll say that much.
But at the same time, I really do respect the work the guy has done. I respect the way he has put his his name and livelihood on the line for something he believes in. And I think that, you know, he actually might be onto something in some of these cases. Like, I, I'll tell you this much. I never once believed in Bigfoot in my entire life. And then I started thinking about the Saskets thing. Yeah. And I was like, that one feels plausible, actually. Like, that's... That feels kind of possible. Also, it's it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it's far more interesting than, like, oh, there are apes in North mm -hmm. America. It's like, mm -hmm. no, there might be, like, a civilization of, like... At least the tribal level, yeah. Yeah, at a tribal level of... And other they hominids. May, other hominids. And they may not exist anymore, but at one time they very well may have. Yeah. And that's what I think is fascinating. Let's oh, look yeah. at that. Like, that sounds absolutely, extremely interesting. Because even if it's not true, we can look into the story of how some random, uh, you know, group of Native Americans out in British Columbia ended up with these stories. Yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Why did they end up with these stories? Were they fighting somebody? Were there Native Americans we didn't know about who were wiped out? Can we learn about their stories? Yeah. You know, we keep finding all of this evidence that humans were here earlier than 13,500 years ago in the United States. So if we keep finding that evidence... And we've got stories about things that aren't quite human. Mm. For example, the Adlets of uh, Inuit folklore, the Saskets, the uh, Tsukalu of the Cherokee folklore. We get all of these near humans who tend to be larger and hairier than us. Not totally covered in hair, but larger and hairier than us. And those, uh, those pop up all over the country. It just really does. All over the like, continent, really. It sounds like there may have been a, like you said, a form of hominid that was essentially just like a larger version yeah. of a Neanderthal. Or, or it could have just been... It, it, the other thing is it's possible that these were two different groups of Cro-Magnons. That the... Wait, we're... We, Cro-Magnons evolved or adapted into what we look like now. Mm. They were a little bit different looking than us, but they are the anatomically modern human, the mm. first. The, our, our direct ancestor is the idea here. So, what if we ended up in a situation where you had a group of earlier Cro-Magnons crossover prior to mating with Neanderthals or Denisovans. They got here. Denisovans and Neanderthals were both smaller than us. Yeah. That might be why we're smaller. <laughs> um, so, is it possible that some less evolved Cro-Magnons made their way into North America? It got cut off for some period or there wasn't a significant amount of migration or whatever. Um, you know, we went into the Pleistocene, we're in the Pleistocene period, there's glaciers coming in and out. Um, and then, you know, you get to when people do start to come over 13,500 years ago or just before that, maybe they really, maybe they evolved further. And maybe they were looking around and they were like, all right, well, we're on average 5'10". These guys are on average 6'8". Six, six, you know, we can't say they're not humans because if you, if you look at what they say, the native community in British Columbia could not seem to come to an agreement about whether or not these were Native Americans. Yeah. About whether or not these were humans. They were very, some of them were very clear. They were like, oh no, those, those are different. Those are not, not natives. Those are not First Nations. They but are someone else. But based on the story that we told, that you researched, mm -hmm. they definitively were able to communicate vocally with them. In, in one, one of the stories, to be yeah. clear. But yeah, in one of the stories, one of these women, one of the, one of the female Saskets, was able to speak a Native American language to them, which would imply that they are anatomically more human than they are like a, an ape, yeah. like a like like a like a chimpanzee or something. 
Um, everyone pictures Bigfoot as this kind of like gorilla looking thing. Maybe it's not a gorilla looking thing. Maybe it's a human being who's just larger. Yeah. Uh, and if you think about, you know, what, what would a group of hominids living in the forests of British Columbia be eating? Sounds like these Saskets didn't have agriculture, or at least by 1929 they didn't. They were living off in the woods, probably eating primarily large game mm-hmm. and foraging for things like berries. If your diet is primarily made up of red meat, you are going to grow. You are going to be a big person, especially if it's, you know, 80, 90% of your diet. Yep. Europeans, European Americans too, by extension, tons of grain in our diet. Now, if you look back at the Middle Ages, you actually start to see like uh, morphological differences between peasants and the upper class. Oh, really? the availability. Oh, it's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. The availability of meat, you see that the upper classes, the nobility, were considerably stronger taller uh better bone density like yeah um wow it's not to the extent that you're getting like two separate types of humans Mm. like if you raised any peasant child in a noble household they would end up looking the same it wasn't a genetic thing it was a nutritional thing but we see suits of armor dude knights were huge really oh my god like the shoulders alone mm-hmm. probably add six inches both directions to me. Wow. For somebody my height. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> they, Sorry. They, not six inches both directions, like three inches each yeah. direction, probably. So, but they literally had difficulty fitting through doorways. And I'm talking, so yeah, I'm talking bone structure, mm-hmm. not, not, um, not muscularity. Density. Yeah. Because they were obviously bigger muscularly than I would be. Um, these are guys who were holding a, you know, 20 pound shield and swinging a five pound sword all day. Um, but yeah, so. I find that fascinating. I wish that, that was the angle we could take. So I guess to kind of cap off the discussion section of the episode, when it comes to David Politis, I think he genuinely believes what he's talking about. I think he genuinely reports what he knows. I just think that he doesn't vet his information enough sometimes. Or he's got sources that nobody else seems to have. In which case, I'm skeptical because how do I know they're real? Yeah. Um... You know, I, I would love to go and talk to some of the people he's talked to who he cites and be like, is this what you said to him? But because we don't have the resources, it's kind of hard to do that. I might start reaching out to people, but at the same time, I don't want to bug people about their dead relatives. Uh, especially after David Polite has already bugged them about their dead relatives. <laughs> I mean, he had to, but I get it. Um, but with that said, I think uh, I think it's a good time to switch over to Super Chats. I think so as well. And for those of you uh, who want a reminder or are not familiar with it, at this point in the show, we take questions via Super Chat. We do that first because it's an easy way to consolidate some of the questions that you guys have. And then once we have no more, we will go through and see if we can find some questions that are not Super Chatted that we want to ask or answer. To, to really quickly address one thing, um, would you guys want to see, just tell us in the chat, would you want to see a like Friday video with that analysis in it Obviously, much more structured with ref- direct references and things like that. Is that something that you guys would watch? Because we can make that easily. The Polaris analysis? Yeah. Like the, the missing form one, you know, which cases are easily explained, which are not easily explained, mm-hmm. you know, which details, which details can we verify he knew he was wrong about versus which details we can say, like Bobby buys up, he didn't have access to. Yeah. If that's something you guys would watch, we can absolutely do that. That is one thing I want to address in the chat really quickly is... Uh, uh, Lally said, yeah, archers were strong, at least the specific muscles to draw it. Yes. Uh, English longbowmen and Welsh longbowmen, not only were they just extraordinarily 
strong. Mm-hmm. They were also typically shorter. And uh, I think it would be... This is how you shoot a bow, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm left-eyed, so I shoot it the other way. Yep. But this arm right here would be shorter. Oh, really? Yes. Just from the compression? From the compression of drawing a longbow, <laughs> their left arm would be shorter than their right arm. That's fascinating. And they'd also usually be, uh, because they were typically drawn from the peasant class, they were typically a little bit shorter than the uh, the nobles, the knights mm. and the men-at-arms. That makes sense. That's funny. That's wild. Uh, I love medieval history so much. <laughs> I know. And I love doing like I love doing other people's shows where I don't have to necessarily worry about like being perfectly accurate. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> where I can just kind of talk more broadly. And if I got something wrong, it was spur of the moment. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, Alfarius Omegon for five dollars says, "I'm wanting to get a new Bible study and a copy of Enoch, but I'm not sure which ones to get. What would you suggest?" Uh, depends on what translation uh, you want to use. My study Bible is a KJV. Uh, I use a Ryrie study Bible. I will say the dating in it is pretty rough. I, I wholly disagree with a bunch of the dating. Um, but for a lot of other stuff, the Ryrie study Bible is awesome. I don't know if there are uh, Ryrie study Bibles for the ASB or the ESV. Um, but I would recommend, uh, if, if you're serious about studying the scripture, I would recommend picking yourself up a interlinear, a copy of uh, Strong's Concordance, and then a copy of whatever Bible you you like best for reading. Mm-hmm. Um, the purpose of the interlinear and the Strong's is not necessarily to offer you any uh, immediately available study tips, but honestly, if you, the, the go-to is the HarperCollins Study Bible, academically. Um, that's what everybody seems to like in college. Mm-hmm. That's what was assigned to us in all of my classes. I used my KJV. But the interlinear is so that if you find a word in the KJV that you're like, or in, in your in your Bible that you're like, I, you know, how do I feel about this translation? You can then go look at your interlinear and figure out what the Greek or Hebrew word was. You can then go to Strong's and see what he translated the Greek or Hebrew word as and all of the other contexts in which that word was translated the way it was. Mm. Um, which is definitely more intensive but if you just need a study Bible, HarperCollins is, is pretty solid. I would just do not use the NIV. Under no circumstances should you use the New International Version. Why it is, is that? awful. It is a terrible translation. Uh, if you want something written in contemporary English, uh, the New American Standard Bible, the New English uh, Standard Version, and the New King James Version are all great. Nice. Uh, Girk Roleplay for $10 says, I'm still waiting on the Monarchy picture. Uh, also, just wanted to ask. Yeah, I'll get you that. Yep. Uh, favorite Chinese warlord prior to the Marco Polo Bridge incident, but after the Long March? <laughs> I don't know Chinese history nearly well enough. I feel like there's also probably only one option and you're being cornered into saying it. I don't know. I know Marco Polo is the 13th century. I don't know when the Long March was. Let's find out. Um, 1934 to 1935. Wait, did he say prior to the? Prior to the Long March, but after, after Marco, Polo? Marco Polo? All of my knowledge of Chinese history outside oh, wait, of... Wait, wait, oh, sorry, no, no, oh, the Marco Polo Bridge incident. Oh, then I don't know. I, I don't know. Okay, wait, hang on. So it's, <laughs> I was going to say, almost everything I know about like the names of Chinese warlords comes from uh, Dynasty Warriors. 
<laughs> which was an old video game from back in the day. I don't know if they still make it. Okay. I missed that game, though. It was a fun game. Okay, it was between 1934 and 1937. That's the range <laughs> you have. So I'm going to assume there's really not a large The question was Chinese... Warlord? Yeah, Chinese Warlord. The guy who wasn't communist. <laughs> uh, look up who was who was I, uh, like the leader of the uh, the Republic of China. Now I gotta know. Uh, Chiang Kai Shek, I guess would be the guy. <laughs> Fair enough. I think it would be Chiang Kai-shek. Uh, Jack Garcia for 499 said, could you guys do a weird Bible on the Council of Nicaea? Yeah, sure. I can do that. Yeah, we'll write that down. Uh, Richard, That's Harry... actually a pretty easy one. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. This is extremely well documented. Oh, well, that's fun. <laughs> like, extraordinarily well documented council. Richard Henderson. That's the one where uh, where uh, St. Nicholas gave Arius the, the slap heard around the world. Oh! Yeah, oh, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. According, to, according to tradition. It was a sick slap. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Richard Henderson for 499 said, Speaking of academia, what's your opinion on the Cleopatra series that came out and depicted her as African? I haven't seen it. I haven't either. <laughs> Are I you... just know that I'm looking at it, and if you're... The part that bugs me is that it's a documentary. It's being mm. phrased as a documentary, which means that you should be going for realism. Yeah. In which case, you should have cast a uh, a Greek person for that role. Um, Cleopatra. Yeah. Cleopatra was a Macedonian Greek. Really? She was a Ptolemy. She How was she... she was a descendant of one of Alexander's generals. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing: everybody's like, "Oh, well, you know, she lived in Egypt, so they probably." Inter First of all, Cleopatra was that Cleopatra specifically because there were more Cleopatras. That one specifically was the first one to learn Egyptian. All the other Cleopatras didn't learn Egyptian, the ones before her, because um, they spoke Greek in the palace, because the nobility of Egypt was Greek. So the, if you're going for realism, and what clearly happened here was this was a, it, 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 it screams black Hebrew Israelite dog whistle to me in that there is a group of people who insist that all of history has been whitewashed. And that the Egyptians were were black Africans, even though the Nubian kingdom was just to the south. And we know for a time period there were, in fact, black pharaohs, mm -hmm. uh, which is documented as different from the regular pharaohs. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also a time when there are the Hyksos pharaohs, who are specifically not from Egypt. When Egypt is ruled by non-Egyptians, we get word that they're ruled by non-Egyptians. Um so I don't like the the recasting, which is clearly solely to score political points in the United States. Um, I don't like Jada Pinkett Smith, who is the director. And um, I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I get really, really bugged about historical documentaries that, that go out of their way to associate themselves with modern politics. Hmm. I don't care which side. I do not like historical documentaries that try to portray the white nationalist fantasy. I also don't like uh, historical documentaries that try to portray uh, characters as being, you know, a, a different ethnicity from what they were for the sake of diversity points. I think both of those are bad ideas. Yeah. Like, I will say from a, a 
casting standpoint, as someone who is a film person, mm -hmm. uh, the ultimate goal for any form of decision in a filmmaking, or as it should be, is what's best for the story. Generally, it's going to be who is the best actor, uh, or at least that's what it should be. Oftentimes it is not. But uh, at the end of the day, similar situations uh, revolve around when adapting a book. Not everything is going to be perfectly lined up with how things were, whether it be, uh, you know, as the book was or whatever source material you're basing things off of. Uh, that said, it should be as accurate as you can, but it's not a film person's job to make it as accurate as possible because if it's a fictional piece, it's the director's vision. It's a collaborative environment to make something that is interesting, that is compelling, obviously along those lines. Yeah. This is a different story because it's a documentary series. Exactly. But I have to point that out there primarily because Alec Guinness is one of my favorite parts of Lawrence of Arabia. So if I said that every casting should mm -hmm. be as accurate as possible, uh, I'd be a bit of a hypocrite. I will I will grab something in here really quick. Uh, also, I think it's a little ridiculous that Richard Madden was uh, cast to play Cosimo de Medici in the Medici series. You know why? Mm. Richard Madden is English. The Medicis were not English. They were Italians. Oh, really? So well, that I, makes sense with the name. So I would argue <laughs> that they probably, for what was... And, and even that, though, was not a documentary. Yeah. That was a dramatization mm -hmm. of history. So it, it was... It, well, I wouldn't tag it as historical fiction, but they had more leeway. I still think they should have cast somebody who looked Italian. Oh, yeah. Instead of... Well, especially... I, I love Richard Madden as an actor. I think he's awesome. But why that role? Well, and that's the thing is, like, if you're going for a specific person, why would you not cast somebody that fulfills the look and characterization of that person mm -hmm. to the best of the possibility that you could find? You know who did an awesome job in my opinion oh. with this from a from a casting and uh linguistics perspective mm. barbarians in on netflix oh the show the show you know why why because they speak latin and they speak old german and they cast people who are german mm. and look like old latin people yeah like and that's a, that's a historical fiction series that is not a documentary <laughs> and they were they they have subtitles the whole time. They went hard. They went the whole way. That's impressive. And you know, you know what? And it's not like where you make a movie and it's in German or in French or Italian or something, you know, and there's going to be people that can understand it. No, that movie has entire scenes in Latin. Not movie, that's TV series. You know who speaks Latin? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> the dead language. Yeah. You can read it. You can write it. You can even speak it to an extent, but it's not the real thing. Nobody can say for certain. Yeah, it's it's not going to sound the way it would have sounded 2,000 years ago. Um, speaking of that, though, uh, that whole issue, um, we are going to be doing a video on Arimnius and Flavius on the History Hut. Ooh, fun. Which is the It's Tviso story. Any chance you want to address that one? Where? Uh, Just it. Doug, dude, did you watch the video? Did you just get here? I think you just got here, Doug. You might want to rewind. Doug, watch the whole stream, man. <laughs> you you just basically like that was the entire subject of the stream. <laughs> You're killing me, man. Oh, too good. But yeah, in terms of casting and in terms of uh, artistic liberty, if you're going for a specific person, you know it makes the most sense for every reason, especially story, to go with the most accurate representation mm. you can. Uh, however, if it's an artistic interpretation, as an audience, we should respect that, you know, they're going to do what they want to do. Yeah. 
whether we agree with that specific artist's mm -hmm. decision is one thing. Yeah. But that's their decision. Personally, I, I'm not going to make a big stink about Cleopatra. I wasn't going to say anything about it at all. Yeah. Um, partially because the Egyptian government is doing it for me. Oh, really? Oh, they're, they're suing Netflix, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, are they able to? I, you can sue in the U.S. for anything. Fair, but I mean, like, can they win? Like, is I that... don't know. <laughs> like, for defamation? I'm like... not a lawyer. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> um, also, I haven't seen the original All Quiet. Um, I read the book, loved the book, read the I book wanna, like three times. I want to see both. I loved 1917. It was great. Yeah. Also, other weird thing about Cleopatra, I, she, she, like everyone is always irritated with the fact that she's portrayed as just being a pretty face or whatever mm -hmm. in, in history. I saw that when, when this first came about and I'm sitting here like at no point in any contemporary historical resources, Cleopatra referred to as being physically attractive. She wasn't. She was the really? result of generations of inbreeding. <laughs> She was valued by Roman men because she was extremely intelligent. Mm. So, yeah, you definitely should respect Cleopatra for her intelligence and mm. her uh, her tact and her ability as a diplomat and a leader. But also, maybe read the historical sources. Well, it seems like a lot of this <laughs> is just they say not that. reading the history. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, there was one thing I wanted to address before we moved on. Oh, yeah. Uh, people seemed a little stunned when you said there were multiple Cleopatras. You might want to, like, elaborate on that a little bit. For Cleopatra, those... I think that one's Cleopatra the Seventh. There are more than one? Oh, well, yeah, there were just multiple people, multiple queens named Cleopatra throughout Egyptian history. Ptolemy, I yeah, think. I think a lot of people don't know that. Oh, yeah, no, Cleopatra was not the first queen of Egypt named Cleopatra. At all. Like, I think she was the seventh one. She's either the seventh or like the fourteenth. I can't remember which it is. I might be mixing her up with somebody else. So was that just a title like Caesar, or no? It was her name. Oh, so King, kind of like King Queen Charles. Elizabeth. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, King Charles is King Charles the Third. She I mean, was for, like Cleopatra the Fourteenth or something. That's even um, news to me. I didn't realize there was see. more than one. Uh, I think her name. Uh, yeah, let me see. I'll, I'll look it up really quick. Cleopatra. Cleopatra Seven Philippator. Interesting. Yep. I was right. It was Cleopatra the Seventh. Well done. Damn, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, if I remember correctly, she's the first one of all of the queens, all six prior to her. She was the first one to learn Egyptian, I believe. That's fascinating. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, Kellen, in a sarcastic tone, says, I only get my Christian mythology from Vampire <laughs> the Masquerade, where Lilith was Adam's first wife and uh. cursed by God to be the first vampire. So interestingly enough, Classifying Lilith as a vampire is actually more accurate than classifying Lilith as a uh, as Adam's first wife. If you look at the Babylonian, shocking, <laughs> shocking revelation. Yeah, I, I I came across this. There there are some sources that suggest that Lilith uh, may have been a a vampire of sorts in Babylonian mythology as a demon. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, creepy cookie thirty one for two dollars. Thank you. Thank you for your first super chat. Uh, Zombear XD for four ninety nine pounds. Uh, it was uh, it was wild men. It's always feral people. You guys rock. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the guy for four ninety nine said. So you're saying Lilith is not the mother is of monsters. Most of my knowledge comes from Supernatural. Not canonically, to my understanding, but I did like that angle. Like as a yeah for, for a, a fictional point, I think that yeah. was. If you obviously every season of Supernatural after season five has a big bad, Lilith as the big bad was a good one. Yeah, I liked that one. Yeah, it was a fun idea. 
uh agamemnon's gym bag for five dollars said thornbury you look like terry Did wogan if that you look different before that uh oh no we didn't sorry i didn't realize <laughs> it was it um i guess we'll just get that one out of yeah. the way who is uh, terry wogan terry wogan huh. what was the question uh I, they just said i look like him well oh he said oh, you look like him if you look different huh <laughs> fair enough uh, even my grandmother had wheels she'd be a bicycle <laughs> Incredible. Have you seen that? Uh, yeah, I have. I can't remember where it's from, but I recognize it. It's just like some cooking show in Britain, and uh, and yeah. they're like, oh, so it's kind of like a carbonara, and he's like, he's like a carbonara, and if my grandmother had wheels, she'd be a bicycle. <laughs> they just lose it. It's like, incredible. Uh, creepy. That co- that's up there with like what? No bless you, for Giacomo. <laughs> yes. Uh, creepy cookie for thirty one for two dollars. Say, can y'all talk about reptilian conspiracy one day? We can. There are certain conspiracy theories that I have difficulty researching because they're so discombobulated and incoherent. That just anytime I hear the word discombobulated, it just makes me think of the first Sherlock Holmes movie with Robert Downey Jr. Fair discombobulate. Enough. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's it, that one in Tartaria. I'm really struggling with because I can't find like a linear version of it that actually has an all. So if somebody can point me to a reptilian conspiracy that actually like encompasses the whole thing i will happily do it <laughs> uh the guy for 99 said i have a weird bible theory the... choose the first ptolemy to learn egyptian got it mm-hmm. uh the reason why david was a good general was because he was never struck by a weapon due to all the javelin dodging <laughs> when he got back home <laughs> If you guys haven't seen the most recent episode of the Weird Bible Podcast with us and Wendigoon, you'll love it. It's so good. It's very funny. There are so many javelins. It's incredible. Uh, NC Squatch for $2 said, fantastic content as always. Keep it up. Thank you so much. Surfing Cowboy, incredible name, for $5 said, just going to say, knowing that God says one thing about a lifestyle and a purposefully disobeying it because it's cool as of 20 years... I'd be scared to meet God. Say, knowing God says one thing about life, so I'm probably saying it's cool as a twenty-eight. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, though, is it's it's the the job of a Christian on Earth is to be a resource for the gospel. Um, it is not to demand that others live a Christ-like life. Mm. So for me, when I you know, does the Bible say homosexuality is a sin? Yes. Does that mean I hate gay people? No. <laughs> Am I going to sit here and if somebody says uh, the Bible actually doesn't say homosexuality is a sin, am I going to sit here and be like, you're right. No. <laughs> I'm going to point out that it very much does. Yeah. That doesn't mean I'm supposed to hate gay people. It actually means exactly the opposite. It's the same thing with adultery, with thievery, with anything. You know, I, the 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 job of, of a human here on earth is to to, you know, be a resource. And if you are a Christian, it's to try and follow Christ. It's not your job to force everybody else to do it. And I think that that's where a lot of Christians make the mistake is they say, you know what, because I'm Christian, you also have to be Christian. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I just, I don't think that's, that's productive. And I think that, you know, people who as Christians cut off family members who come out as gay or who, uh, you know, commit really any other sin, that's just the one I hear the most. That's why I keep coming back to it. But, you know, I, I think you're doing the, the faith and the community a disservice by cutting people like that out of your life. You're called to continue loving those people. You're not called to, to to enable what you see as sin, but you are called to love those people. 
and to remain in their lives. Because here's the thing. If somebody decides to go down, and, and I'm not I'm not preaching to anybody except the Christians in the audience right now, but if you're a Christian and if somebody you know decides to go down a path that you you think is is wrong, if you and every other person in your life who's Christian cut them out, how can you ever hope to bring that person back into the fold? And they might continue to be gay. They might continue to cheat on people. They might continue to, uh, you know, steal five bucks out of the cash register every shift. Doesn't mean you need to hate them. Doesn't mean that you, I mean, obviously with stuff that's, you know, like not just scriptural, like I, I would, I wouldn't scream at somebody for cheating because it's not the Christian thing to do. I would scream at them for cheating because it's being a dick. Like, Fair. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, it's not your job to, to control others and to command others. It's your job to love people and be a resource. Makes sense. Uh, did that one. Uh, the White Trash Panda for $5.17. You know what I like. Uh, regarding the Catholic Church, the frequency with which inappropriate things happen is far more than Protestant sex. That's not really debatable. I've, I've seen some, some various things on this. Um, it seems to be more common in the Catholic Church, but it also seems to be vastly underreported in the Protestant churches. So I think I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say that it's actually any more common. Um, but I would not be shocked considering, uh, Catholics are the only sect of Christianity that are not allowed to marry in the yeah. priesthood. I think that's why it gets more focus. I also think that's why it happens. Yeah. More if often. You, if you force a bunch of men to live their entire life sexually repressed and surround them then with other men and young, young children, I, I have, I have no excuse for, for them doing that. And I, I hate it, but I think that the Catholic Church is not doing itself any any favors by yeah. making it so priests can't marry. That also wasn't originally the case. Um, they became the case uh, in the Middle Ages. Interesting. And, like, long after they started to theologically separate from Orthodox. Obviously, that split doesn't happen officially until 1054. What was the justification at the time, do you know? Uh, it was something about being more Christ-like and how, uh, if you had earth, if you had a wife, you likely had kids, you, you, you know, obviously had to provide for them. That meant you might have property. And if you had a wife and kids and property, then you weren't devoting your entire, uh, you know, your, like your, yeah. So that was kind of the, all of it kind of came about because one specific priest just really hated people getting it on. Really? Yeah. Sounds like uh, sounds like we had an incel in our midst. Yes, yeah, basically. Um, Pattern Weld for 218. Again, you know what I like. Thanks for your work. Thank, Thank you, you for your first super chat. Uh, oh, jumped over there. Uh, Cyrus for 143 for 199. Another first super chat. Thank you so much. Thank you for the support. India Cardana for three months of a membership. Thank you so much. Wow, three months. That's a good, solid, solid amount of time. Thank you. Uh, I love how much research you put into your content. There's a difference between a good story and the depth y'all bring to the conversation. That's that's what we're out here for. So thank you. Echo Warrior for $99.99. Thank, wow, thank you, you very much. Very kind of you. Uh, I listen to y'all's everything when I drive for work. Y'all have gotten me through two rough breakups, so I figured I'd try and show some love. Question, would y'all ever do a series where you react to creatures from shows and their accuracies to the lore? That could be a fun one. That sounds like a fun... A fun opportunity, yeah, yeah. I think that'd be great. See about it. Also, thank you for um, yeah. listening so uh, so consistently. We appreciate Makes it. Makes me feel any better. This show has also gotten me through a couple of rough breakups. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a very good point. So <laughs> we're glad that our pain helps your pain. Uh, we, we have a lot of fun doing this, so I hope it yeah. brings humor and life to uh, your life as well. 
The Real William White for $2.64. Love it. Weird Bible on Weird Bible Translations? I would argue that that's kind of what the one that I <laughs> Where we were actually all physically in the same place, yeah, was uh, that that one? I would argue was that, but yeah, I think that would be a fun one. Um, I'll have to go through and compile some. Yeah, there, it's it, the best way to do it in my experience is to find something that, on its face, is like, hmm. <laughs> and then you just go look at all the other ways, and you're like, ah, yes, this is. Yeah, nobody knows what this was about. <laughs> uh, Girk Roleplay for ten dollars said, "Just wanted to say that you've said you'll get it to me many times before about the Monarchy painting." Oh yeah, I know. Uh, also, the only right answer is Long Yun, literal Chad. Okay. Look him up. We will. Uh, Cam Boone for nine ninety nine said, "Love while you love what y'all have been doing. Trying to support y'all here and on Patreon." Aiden, do you think you'll ever go on PKA again? There was some tension, but I thought it was a great episode. Keep on oh, going. Boy. My favorite thing about that podcast mm -hmm. uh, is that I went on it like back in probably September or October. And basically everything I said, I turned out to be right about in the end. Yeah. <laughs> and they all treated me like I was an idiot. And if you look at like the Reddit comments and everything, one of the things they clown me for is I was like, I don't think Russia is out of this work quite yet. I think, I think we're probably not getting all of the information. Like, I don't think that the media is being honest because they never are honest about war. Yeah. And Russia is only just now starting to use cruise missiles. They have nukes. Mm. Like they have tactical artillery nukes. Like Russia has a lot of options here and I don't think they're out of this war yet. And somehow that became Aiden hopes Russia wins the war. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I just said, I don't, I don't think that they're losing as badly as you think. Yeah. Like, I, I think that this is, this is currently up for grabs and either side could win. How did we get here? Yeah. Um, like they didn't seem to know what nuance was. No, not at all. Uh, but to answer the question, yeah, I'd go back. <laughs> I was right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you'd go back just to clown on them for being like, <laughs> excuse me. Oh, that's funny. Uh, Alfarius Omegon for $5 said, already have a few Bibles in an interlinear. I'll pick up some Strong's Cordance. Strong's uh, Concordance is great. Concordance. Yeah. Also, which version of Enoch do you have and or would suggest? Um, let's see. Uh, the thing about Enoch is it's, it's already definitely not in its original form. Mm. Um, so... I I bought uh shoot it's on my shelf in the other room. Um let me see if I can if I can pull up what it was. I found it pretty readable though. So mm. also you can just go on sacred text and read it if you want to just do the fair the, yeah, the internet cool. version, but uh of Enoch. I grabbed the where is it on here? Can't find it. That's weird. Um, yeah, I can search for it within my own orders. Yeah, there we go. Enoch. Yeah, here we go. Uh, I have the the Book of Enoch translated by R.H. Charles. That's the one that I have. I believe I looked into R.H. Charles and decided that was probably the best one to go. What's up? People are talking about looking for slightly used owls and slightly used owls. And then Master Technology just said, "What do you mean slightly used?" That's great. Um, next super chat though is from Weird Collar Guy, who has been a member for three months. Thank you. Uh, the RSV is a superior translation in that the NT wasn't done by guys who only knew classical Greek and so tortured the apostles to make them correct. <laughs> Uh, 
the NT wasn't done by guys who only knew classical Greek and so tortured the epistles to make them correct. I, I'm going to have to look into what you mean by <laughs> Uh, Jacob Gunnell for 199 said, any plans with the History Hut? Yes, I am currently researching for the next video on that channel. It will be on King Arthur and whether or not he is a real historical figure. We we're planning to do one a month. That's ideally. the goal. So, uh, Agamemnon's Jim, also thank you for your first super chat. Uh, Agamemnon's Jim back for $2 said, the death of Stalin had the best casting. I have not seen that one. I've seen part of it and it's, it's in German, funny. Right? It's, an, I can't remember. I thought what I saw was uh, English. Hmm. Either way, I remember it being funny. Uh, it was a German movie, wasn't it? I don't recall. Oh, okay. White Glove Models for $10 said, What is your take on the missing 411 UFO connection? Mark Stripmater story and Politis not commenting on it since he has been found. I find it strange that Dave has not commented on it at all. I am so entirely disinterested in UFOs that I did not even bother to watch it. Why are you so disinterested? Because I... It's... I mean... Government's not being honest with us about it. Whether or not they exist, the government would definitely not tell us. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> fair. If they say they don't exist, I'm more inclined to believe they exist. If they say they do exist, I'm more inclined to believe they don't. And they're using it as a cover-up for something yeah, else? Like, I, <laughs> fair. So for me, I just, I, I've paid so little attention to anything that comes out with the word UFO in it because I'm immediately like, this is going to be BS. Yeah, that's fair. Not, not that every abduction story sounds like BS to me. It's just that 99% of the ones I've read, I've, been, I've gone to look at the person who reported it and they have like a slew of mental health issues mm. or they're on drugs or they're an alcoholic or they're in debt or... <laughs> Like, there's some reason for them to fabricate a story. Yeah. Uh, every once in a while, though, like, if you, if you you know, came to me and said, ah, well, there were, you know, strange craft in the sky and somebody saw a bright light the night Fritz Drum disappeared, I would be like, okay, perhaps. If you, if you could show me the evidence that that actually, like, there was actually something going on. Yeah. But... Uh, one thing that really turned me off was, uh, you know, I love Blink-182, I love Tom DeLonge, but oh my god, he went on Joe Rogan and he had Joe pull up the most obviously CGI video I've ever seen oh, really? of a UFO, and I was like, oh my god, come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a shame. Uh, Hammond for $2 says, happy birth, Thornbussy and Matussi. Hmm? Thanks. It's not our birthday, but thank you. Uh... Ben Krasniak for $10 said, Hey, Aiden and Thornbussy, I just got back from going feral in the woods. I didn't find Bigfoot, but I did find the Wendigo. He's actually vegetarian and likes green tea. What uh, what all have I missed? Well, not as much as apparently we've missed. Uh, <laughs> how did tea go? Uh, how are things in Wendigo world? And what are, th what are his thoughts on uh, Earl Grey? Does he believe 9-11 was an inside job? The world wants to know. <laughs> uh, Mayday Dreamer for 499 said, Hi guys, it's my first live. I just wanted to say I learned more history from you and Milo than I ever did in my actual <laughs> history class. Thank you. I have always said this about history as an education. Um, whether or not history is interesting is entirely dependent on who's teaching you. Yeah. I had great history teachers in high school. I also had some miserable history teachers in high school. Interestingly enough, the uh, the stuff I remembered best was from the teachers I liked. <laughs> yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah, if you, if you walk into the classroom and you seem like you don't even want to be there, nobody's going to be excited to learn what you have to say. No. Creepy Cookie 31 for $2 says, Chuck is the most accurate on-screen god. 
on-screen god as in any god or accurate to the judeo-christian god because he's not accurate to the judeo-christian god at all <laughs> um comes across a lot more like lucifer actually <laughs> fair isaac otto for 99 said considering what you guys are saying i'm just curious about how you interpret 1 corinthians 5 9 13 also stretched out the neck of the sweatshirt worked See? great <laughs> There we go. Uh, I think I know exactly what he's talking about. He said 1 Corinthians 5, five 9 through 13. Um, okay. 9 through 13. Um, let's grab the ASV or ASB. Why that versus the... Uh, same translation style, newer translation. Got it. Okay, it is actually reported that there is fornication among you, and such fornication as is not even among the Gentiles. Uh, he's referring specifically. Yeah, to I know it's 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 the Bible. You got to read the whole chapter. Fair enough. Uh, um, uh, that one of you hath his father's wife. Ah, ooh. So first of all, this is a letter specifically to the church in Corinth uh, back in the first century A.D. So you got to remember that. Hmm. And ye are puffed up, and did not rather mourn that he had done this deed might be taken away from among you. Um, for I verily being absent in body, but present in spirit have already as though I were present judged him that hath so wrought this thing in the name of our Lord Jesus, he being gathered together in my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit might be saved in the day of Lord Jesus. This is actually, this passage is interesting. Um, I, I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought this one up in the name of our Lord Jesus. You, uh, ye being gathered together and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of our Lord Jesus. Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Purge out the old leaven that ye may be a new lump even as ye are unleavened. Uh, this is a reference to sourdough bread, by the way. <laughs> for our passover also hath been sacrificed even christ wherefore let us keep the feast with old leaven neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth um i write uh and then obviously nine is you know the, the, the beginning of another sentence um first of all i find five to be extraordinarily interesting because it suggests that judgment does not happen immediately upon death but later on um, if you read, you know, send to deliver such a one unto Satan, you know, basically to, to, you know, if he dies, he's going to hell to mm. be purged of his sin. So his spirit may be saved. Uh, this was also a, a, a belief in older Judaism was that you are, your sins are burned away, um, in the fire was in, in certain Jewish sects. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> as for the purge out the old leaven that ye may be a new lump, even as ye are unleavened. For our Passover also hath been sacrificed, even Christ. Wherefore, let us keep the feast and not with old leaven. I'm going to take this and put it into the NKJV because the, the leaven thing is, is messing with my head. Um, actually, here's the, the New American Standard Bible. Is this one? Okay. Um, here we go. This is a little bit easier to, to read and to explain. Um, I have decided to turn such a person over to Satan for the destruction of his body so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. Uh, this seems to be very specifically about one guy who married either his father's wife or his own mother, depending on how you read that. Uh, you have become arrogant and have not mourned instead. Um, it, it's hard for me to say what he means by turn such a person over to Satan. It seems that it might be cast him out. Uh, 
in which case I assume that this super chat came in when we were talking about not uh, turning away from people mm -hmm. and, and not cutting them off. I don't particularly love Paul's solutions to anything. Um, I, Do we want to cover specifically? I, I, would, I would put it this way. Um, the parable of the prodigal son overrules this because it's the word of Christ. I... Paul seems to be saying that this person cannot be redeemed and therefore should be cast out. I, I don't agree with that. Um, it's certainly a solution, but I think that it would not be the solution Christ would at, uh, would, would have advocated for. But, you know, if we want to get back into the, the non-Christian stuff, we can save that for more weird Bible. Fair enough. Uh... Hammond for $5 said this Cleopatra movie fiasco is all because Chris Rock couldn't keep Jaden's name out of his damn mouth and because Jaden's best friend did it. <laughs> oh, oh wait, brutal. he wanted 9 through 13. Yeah, my yeah, bad. yeah. I, I, I thought 5 through 9 for some reason. Wrote to you my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. I did not. Okay, I see. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. I did not at all mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the greedy and the swindlers or with idolaters, for then you would have to leave the world. Uh, world congregation, oikomene is probably the word that was originally used there, I'm guessing. Um, but let's see. Uh, oh, okay, I see what he's saying. I associate... Oh, okay, I see what he's saying. I, I see what you were what you were referencing. It's the part where he says don't associate with uh, sexually immoral people who are within the church. Um, yes, so it seems to me that when he says turn such person over to Satan, he's saying turn such person over to the material world, not the spiritual world. Um, and if they come, if they should come back, then accept them back in. Hmm. Um, would be the Christian way to look at that. But actually, I wrote to you not to associate with any so-called brother if he is sexually immoral person, greedy person, idolater, verbally abusive, habitually drunk, or a swindler, not even to eat with such a person. So basically it's saying uh, if somebody claims, it's it's calling out false Christians, is, is that bit there. Um, the part before it is to, you know, basically cast, cast them out, uh, not cast them out, I guess let them walk away even, but don't include them within your congregation. Um, which I can kind of see, it doesn't necessarily mean you know, I, I think it's, he's speaking specifically in bounds of the church, I guess, here. Um, but is what you said about Christ's word still overruling to this? I, with with the part with 9 through 13, I would actually, I would argue that is more in line with it. Um, mm -hmm. It's to say, you know, people who are, th this is basically saying, um, yeah, I mean, it's right here. Remove the evil person from among yourselves. Um I disagree with removing somebody. I don't disagree with, uh, you know, the idea that that person is not living, is is basically lying about their their faith. Um, it's hard to. This is the thing is since I don't have the Bible memorized, it's hard for me to grab a random chapter and, and interpret it. But looking yeah. at the whole chapter in context, um, yeah, it's basically saying somebody in your congregation is. Uh, committing incest, um, you know, cast that person out. Uh, and what it's saying here in your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? It's saying essentially, if you've got, uh, if, if you've got somebody in your congregation who is not following the, the word, uh, then it could corrupt the entire congregation. Again, personally, I, I don't love the idea, but I do understand where it was coming from at the time. 
Cool. Cooper Stewart for $6.90. Nice. Uh, love the content, guys. If you ever want to pilot for a video or get a plane down the line, I'm commercial rated with 1,000 hours. Let your boy know. If we could ever afford a plane, that would be fantastic. We will. Uh, also, thank you for your first super chat. Uh, Jack Garcia for 199 Peter, the first pope, was married. LOL. Yep. Yeah, it's... It, the, the, the marriage thing came way later. It's like... Uh, Girk Roleplay for $2 said, just wanted to say I DM do the warlords. Okay. Uh, Steve Lyons for 123. Thank you. Uh, your boy Bussy 199 says Bussy. Uh, Fair your, enough. Your least favorite YouTube channel for five dollars says are owls and pig. I think pig, he meant pigeons. Pigeon homeless because of space Jews and predatory priests. Oh my God, the space Jews from Spirit uh, Spirit Science. We were I was reacting to uh, a video on on Twitch. This guy Spirit Science um, who claims that. Uh, that that the Jews are uh, like pre-human race from a different dimension who failed to uh, live up to who failed to like reach some sort of nirvana and got sent back to reach riot and it involves Atlantis and Lemuria and Mew and the Martians um, and there's like a male and female side of exist it's it's nuts it is some nonsense I'll probably. I haven't done it in a while, so I actually don't remember it that well. Mm -hmm. uh, so now that I've got a bigger audience over on Twitch, I'll probably I'll probably do that again this uh, this Friday. <laughs> nice. Uh, ben Krasnick for five dollars and twenty nine cents. Thank you. Uh, Earl Gray, yes. Nine eleven, no. He claims credit. Any more questions? Oh, he claims credit for the Wendigo. Wow. Yes. All right. Well, you know that's. It's disappointing. Yeah. I'm not surprised, given what we know about the Wendigo. Fair. And especially since he's a vegetarian now. That means it was purely out of spite. Yeah. Just absolute, utter hatred. Yeah. Uh, kind of mean. Kind of a little bit mean. PD Gone Mad Arts for $2 says, I think the Travis Walton abduction is possible. I can look at it. We'll look at it. Gilbert Estrada, member, new. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for joining. Kellen, the official data for $6.90. Nice. Uh, listen, guys, I'm going to say that there's definitely not aliens visiting us. There's nothing to look into or Tower 7. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Tower 7 is happened. weird. I will, I will admit that part. Yeah. Um, the, I, I do think 9-11 was probably caused by two planes crashing into buildings. I, I think that that's, that's what caused the destruction, guys. <laughs> um, if you take out half of the steel beams supporting a structure, it will collapse in on itself. And you don't uh, have to melt steel beams for them to get weak. Yeah. Building 7, on the other hand, um, makes no sense to me at all. Nope. I think the official explanation is that, like, the other two impacts destabilized the ground, so they had to destroy Building 7, but when did they put the explosives in Building 7? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and, and I'm kind of concerned about a, a Fed telling us not to look into the aliens. Uh, I have a feeling that, that was targeted. All right, all right, you know what? You know what? I will look into the aliens now. <laughs> uh, ben Wainwright for $9.99 said, uh, I have a friend, oh wait, hang on, before yeah. him, uh, Pattern Weld for $5.13, love it. Uh, speaking of UFOs, what are your opinions on the author Charles Hall? I'm going to have to look up the Charles Hall. Yeah, guy. we're going to have to look into that. Charles Hall, physicist and information technology professional. I've been writing his memoirs for his grandchildren in his spare time over 18 years. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll look into it. Um, is uh, Oh, uh, he claimed he was living with extraterrestrials for two years. Interesting. All right, this I will is, have to look into that one. Yeah, this is definitely, I'm going to write this one down. Uh, that's that's certainly interesting. 
Um, your activity. Come on. Uh, the next is from Ben Wainwright from 99 said, I have a friend who's studying to be a priest. He claims that the Muslim savior is Christianity's antichrist. This sounds a little ridiculous to me. Have you heard of this before? Love the show. Um, I, I assume, I assume you're not talking about Muhammad. I assume you're talking about the, the, uh, eschatology of Islam. Um, I mean, you, you it's hard for me. It's it's hard for me to uh, to talk about Islam without saying something that might be construed as offensive, um, because it it gets so many Bible stories wrong, uh, like so many Bible stories wrong. It confuses the birth of Moses with the birth of Jesus. Hmm. Um, yeah, there's there's a bunch of different spots. Um, I, I would argue that Muslim eschatology has absolutely nothing to do with Christian eschatology. Eschatology being a word that means the study of the end times. Mm. Um, th there is there is clearly a severe lack of information that Muhammad had, mm. um, and and it shows when you when you study the Quran with the Bible. Now, the Muslim argument is that the Bible is corrupted and mm -hmm. that it is no longer it's in, in its original form. And that is why Allah had to dictate the uh, Quran to Muhammad. Um, obviously, as a Christian, I don't believe any of that. I'm also aware that Muhammad was a merchant and likely encountered Christian missionaries or traders uh, and probably picked up bits and pieces and used it to convert the uh, the Arabic pagan population who were not Christian. Um and as and use the connection to Christianity basically as a way to you know give himself more more authority. But yeah, it's it's hard to talk about uh, about that aspect of Islam without basically saying that it's made up. Fair. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm I mean no disrespect to Muslims. I I just I I take issue with a number of things in the Quran in the same way that they would take issue with a number of things in the Bible. Fair. Uh, Surfing Cowboy for $5 says, obviously recognizing sin is not also, the same. Also, one thing really quick. Also, don't try to interpret interpret Revelation. Do not try to interpret Revelation. You will go insane. <laughs> Simply look at a graph of all of the references in, in, in Revelation. Mm -hmm. In order to interpret Revelation, you have to basically understand the entire Old Testament. Mm. And even then, there's symbolism you probably won't get. Mm. Um, it, it was not meant to be understood, if that makes sense. It was meant to be something that eventually you will recognize. For example, uh, Paul thought it was imminent. The mm. apostles thought this was coming, like within the century. It seems like at any point in history, you could assume it's coming. It's been, it, it, it has been the end times like once a century, at least. 536, yeah. end times. Uh, bubonic plague, end times. World War II, end times. <laughs> it's do not try and interpret revelation because i promise you you will get it wrong yeah <laughs> uh surfing cowboy for five dollars said obviously recognizing sin is not the same as oppressing people i didn't mean to open a can of worms it's difficult to call people to repentance irl yeah fair your boy bussy for 499 said slendy video soon question mark could we see the list for future episodes <laughs> or slendosy uh, the thing about Slenderman is, I, we'll we'll probably do that video talking about the actual real life Slenderman stabbing, yeah. and 
tie in the story of Slenderman to that. Like, start the video off. Here's who Slenderman is. Here's all the times he's been represented in other media. And here's two people who tried to sacrifice somebody to him. Yeah. <laughs> ben Krasniak for 503. Love it. Last one before I go broke. Wendigo says it wasn't out of spite, but because he lost a bet with Jimmy Carter. So are we saying it's Jimmy Carter's fault? Yeah. This does not fit into the Karl Marx narrative we have. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot Karl Marx is responsible for 9-11. Yeah. Well, and also for Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes. Which are somehow in the same... Yep. <laughs> wow, butterfly effect is really weird. Yeah. Uh, Pablo... Ro so what we need to do is go back in time and give Karl Marx a copy of Fifty Shades of Grey and say, stop. <laughs> no, he stop might... Stop before it's too late, he Karl. Might, he might take that as a go faster. <laughs> You, never you might be like, you know what? I'm just going to incorporate this right into Das Kapital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, uh, we're going to skip all the steps and just get right to it. I think Carter was one of the few Democrats I came across who did visit Bohemian Grove, by the way. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It's it's typically more Republicans. Um, Clinton and Carter were both there at one point. Hmm. As was uh, Truman. Was a member, I think. Truman might have been an honorary member. Uh, Pablo Raul Pereira uh, for... Uh, ARS 41. I don't know what ARS Neither is. Neither do I. That's what I was trying to figure out. Happy face. Happy face back. Well, it appears to be a Hispanic name, so maybe Argentinian? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Kendra Gestol. Uh, I'm assu assuming the J is silent. Don't hurt me if I'm wrong. Uh, $2. 2 Corinthians 2, 4 through 9. Man let back upon repentance. Also, we're going to probably have to make this the last Super Chat because we need to film a yeah. long video after this. 30-page video. Uh, it's going to be so fun. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely not regretting every decision I've made up to this point. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Uh, for if I cause you sorrow, who then will be the one making me glad but the one who is sorrow made sorrowful by me? That's a good good line, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, let me grab the MKJV version if you want to take. Is there one more? Yes. Yeah, Surfing Cowboy $5 said, Hate it says Jesus is coming back and persecuting Christians. Revelation seemingly has a false prophet persecuting Christians. That's probably it by dollar sign. Ah, got it. If, if that's what you're talking about. Um, I mean, in that case, I, I, once again, I, I, I think the Islamic eschatology is not based upon anything in Christianity at least not based upon a legitimately well understood understanding of Christianity. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, if he's, if they're saying that Jesus is going to come back and persecute Christians, that does sound like the Antichrist. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, also, Jacob Gunnell for 499 said, would you all consider doing videos on urban legends slash ghost stories from cities? Yeah, I think we have to some extent. Uh, also, Red Rose 509 for 269. And I wrote this very thing to you. Lest when I came, I should have sorrow over those from whom I ought to have joy, having confidence in you all, that my joy is the joy of you all. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote to you with many tears that you should not be grieved, but that you might know the love which I have so abundantly for you. All right. I see where you're coming from. All right. Uh, is that... Oh, boy. Two more. Uh, Red Rose 509 said for 269. Oh, thank thank you. you. Love your show. Thanks so much. And thanks for the first super chat. And then definitely last one. The Heather, Kermit the Frog version. Heather for 499 said, Have y'all heard the Kermit the Frog version of the 911 to 50 Shades pipeline? No, but I look forward to looking at it. Oh, God. Why is that a thing? Oh, that sounds like a Twitch reaction stream. Yep. You're going to. That's a great idea. But until then, <laughs> thank you guys for watching the show.
We much appreciate it. We love getting your questions at the end of these. This one has these these comments tonight have had me befuddled top tier Whew. but yes thank you guys so much for hanging out if you haven't checked out the vampire video yet please watch it because it's doing horribly <laughs> <laughs> why don't you like lore anymore uh but uh yeah uh, we'll have a video up for you on friday that will be on the bohemian grove um and then next week will be a uh an analysis of the ancient apocalypse series by graham hancock Ooh, and we will then have a guest that sunday who is uh, also a, a historian who has written about those topics, who is kind of in the same boat as me where he he doesn't totally follow Hancock, but he, he's he's in the, you know, he's asking the right questions camp. So I'm excited about that one. It's going to be a fun one to have on. Um, and yeah, that's that's about it. Uh, and if you if you haven't tried it yet, get uh, get some Mount Pocono Perk. And we're going to try and sell these mugs soon. So yes, they're handcrafted, though. It could be a while. All right. Thank you guys so much. And we will see you on Sunday.